Um, okay, moving on. We're gonna get into some fun stuff. You ready? Even Let's though we're, do it. Let's do it. Now. Which season was your favorite, Matt? <sighs> and you can have multiple favorites. I don't care. Just talk about whatever you want. Like, which season was your favorite? Why? And if there's another season that you think you should talk about, go ahead. I think that you have an. I. I. I, I don't. Mm. <laughs> I'm afraid if I answer that question, I'm going to get into other questions you're going to ask and ruin your next your next few questions. No, go ahead. Uh, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll work around it. It's fine. You got you to gotta help me with the season number. Okay. But, um, Willow. Season six. Season six. When she turns evil? Yes. Yeah, season six. That, that, is, that is my favorite. Uh, I, uh, man, I love that season too. I did not love it when when it was happening. I had to become an adult first <laughs> to appreciate it. You talk about deep storytelling. That that's the season. That's it. Yeah. Willow's character in season six. It explores. It explores in in a Buffy way. It explores drug abuse. Yeah. Um, it explores losing yourself to an addiction, um, and what happens when somebody loses themselves to an addiction and how that rips themselves and their friendships and families apart, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing for me um, because of my a friend of mine who went down that road. Right. Um, again, read my book. Um, but It's definitely not me. Just, just <laughs> yeah, not, not JP. We'll just put that out there. But, uh, but yeah, the, that's, that season to me is a powerful season. Yeah. Plus, I love the I love the character of Willow. She's she's just my favorite. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, that's a rough season to watch because she she loses herself completely and destroys everything she loves um, and is brought back because of friends and and their their love for her, but uh right. but yeah, it's a rough season, but it's great. That's a good one. It's so I, good. I mean, you just kind of you, you go down the list, and how I said earlier, season six is a season like everybody makes wrong choices, <laughs> like everyone makes horrible choices. Yeah. Um, it's the season after season five. It's at the end of season five, Buffy sacrifices yes, herself. Six, six usually comes after five. Yes, you're good. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, but uh, not <laughs> disappoint. Um, so in the last season, it ends with Buffy sacrificing herself to save the world. So she, she essentially dies. And uh, the season starts off with Willow has grown exponentially more powerful. And Too she's, powerful. Yeah, and she's discovered a way that she can bring Buffy back to life. And she does. They, they, she and the rest of the gang are able to bring her back to life. And it's had, it has like horrible consequences. Like First of all, Buffy becomes super depressed. Like yeah. awful depression, but you don't understand why. But don't say it yet because I want to talk about it. a certain episode. Okay. I want to talk about a certain episode. So, so okay. she's she's just extremely depressed, uh, out of touch of humanity, but not like how we were talking about like earlier, but just like distant. Um, and because of that, she she makes some bad choices herself. She actually starts an affair with Spike, uh, who does not have his soul yet. Um. And Which again is a extremely dark storyline. Yeah. Oh gosh. And um, then there's Xander and Anya's relationship. You know, Xander and Anya were kind of like kind of like a perfect couple. 
What'd you think about it? Oh my gosh, one of the most depressing storylines of the show. Yeah, and then their their relationship deteriorates over the course of that season. And of course, you know, Willow's relationship uh, with Tara is sort of deteriorating as she is becoming more addicted and more dependent on magic. And then you have the big... And what's, what's so funny about it is that, like, the, you know, every season has an overarching villain who's sort of controlling everything. You know, first season was the master vampire. Second season was Spike and Drusilla. Third season was, like, the evil mayor. Um, you know, in season six, it's three nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> characters who are either related or were, like, insignificant characters in previous seasons who are using, like, magic and you know, inventions and stuff just to kind of screw a right. Buffy, but nothing with any kind of real consequence. They're, they're pretty useless. Right. But compared to what the gang is already going through, it, it's it's interesting. It's like yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't need a big bad that season. They are themselves well, a big bad. Well, that's what, that's what I think you discover in the episode where... Well, it's a two-part episode, I believe. Um, it was to be continued where Buff, where Willow turns. Yeah. Um, that's what you discover is after the whole season, you find out that they weren't the big bad of mm-hmm. the season. They're just like these bumbling idiots who are kind of steering certain aspects of what's going on. But that it was everybody else. Our main characters were the big bad, right. if you will, of the season. Because the choices they were making were so much worse than anything they were fighting, which is what goes back to what I was talking about, about the idea of understanding yourself and owning up your own role before you can go out and fight what, you know, the evils in the world. Um, it's a season that clearly shows that they're out there putting an end to all the things they think are evil yeah. when all of them are so much worse, mm-hmm. like the decisions they're making, not not that they're worse. But the decisions they're making, the consequences are so much worse than anything they're fighting. Um, And then Willow literally becomes worse than anything they've fought before. Um, And she literally, she becomes the worst, quote unquote, big bad, I think, that they ever had or ever do after that face. Um, And it's only because of her friends and her own waking up to what's going on that I think that she doesn't succeed where everything else fails. And that's that she literally almost destroys the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and I love, and I love who saves the world in that episode. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Let's say Xander saves the world in season six. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And, and it's so moving. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. And you it's kind of like, yeah. it's kind of like, uh, X-Men yeah. and how, uh, Phoenix, becomes dark phoenix yeah and she's destroying everything but the world is saved by none other than who jp sander what? no <laughs> who, who stops who stops the dark phoenix was it cyclops i, don't uh, I want i, was, I actually don't remember it, it it is cyclops but in the movie it was freaking wolverine yeah. <laughs> and i was hoping more than anything you'd say wolverine so i could strangle you <laughs> so i could reach through the computer and strangle you because they butchered it in X Men United. Yeah. Um, X Men. Anyway, last sorry. Yeah, last stand. What? I because I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because they ruined it. They ruined it. Sorry, that's a total side note. But but Matt, <laughs> Matt, your 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 friend here, Matt, is, is his favorite character is Cyclops, and they destroy him in all the movies, and it yeah. hurts my feelings. Yeah, it's bad. 
Um, yes, yeah. Xander saving the world. Incredible. And especially in light of what we talked about before about Xander and how his character is kind of the the ultimate example of realizing that everybody has an important role to play. Right. I love, you know, my, my favorite image, it just really kind of like hits home for me is when, you know, when she, when Willow turns evil, like her eyes go black and her hair turns dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes, turns into Darth Rosenberg as Andrew put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she's, she's trying to, to, to she's, she's doing her thing. Like, just trying to destroy the world and Xander keeps stepping in front of her and she keeps like trying to hit him out of the way. And he just keeps telling her like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, and then she finally just kind of, yeah. It's kind of the Buffy verse equivalent of it's not your fault from Goodwill hunting. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and she just kind of falls into Xander's arms and they both kind of fall to the ground and she's crying in his arms. And like, like the camera's pulling out and like the sun is rising and like, you see her hair like slowly change color back to red. Mm-hmm. Like the color kind of falls away, like like her tears are. Yeah, like that was. Mm. <sighs> getting emotional, Matt. Getting emotional. <laughs> it's a great image, um, but yeah, I, I gosh, I, I wish you hadn't said season six because I, I wanted to say season. You, six. you wanted to say season six. <laughs> yeah. I love that season, JP. It's a great one. Like, oh, bag of tricks. No, bag of knives. <laughs> That's actually like, season five. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry. Let's see what. That's huh? season Wait, five. Wait, what? I'm sorry. That's season five. Season five. Yeah. Sorry. She was fighting Glory. I uh, know. Yeah, no, no, you're right. So no, <laughs> wait. Six. <coughs> ah, I ruined it. It's okay. I ruined it. Delete it all. <laughs> Forget everything I said. No, but the and and when she's fighting Buffy, I love when. Uh, this is just a nerdy part of me. You have to watch a show. I'm I'm I was obsessed. I loved when. Giles and them are casting the spell. I forget who's reading it. I think it's Giles yeah. reading the spell that m- keeps Buffy from like it places like this shield around Buffy so that no magic spell can be cast on her. Yeah. And she's fighting Willow, who at the time is like the most powerful thing, mm-hmm. but she can't use any magic on Buffy. And she's like, well, I don't need to. And she cast a spell on herself that makes her super powerful to start fighting Buffy. I just love all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's great. Skinning can, the guy alive though. I could, that, that's filleting. That's yeah. Filleting yeah. In. Oh man. That's <laughs> can, hard to watch. Can we just talk about Jonathan? <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about Jonathan. Oh, he, he baffles me. Now wait, this is, this is a, I just had a, like my brain just blacked out JP. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but Jonathan, is a character who shows up throughout the show constantly from season one from season one. He's this like side means he literally is like this side character who means nothing for most of it. He's just a reoccurring pops up like glorified extra. Yeah. Um, he is, is he the one? And if not, then I am really showing how dumb I am. Earshot. Yes. Yeah. It's him, right? Mm. Yeah. That's him. I thought so. Yeah. 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 Okay, but we'll save that episode because I think you have a question that I'm going to bring that one up again anyway. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I mean, off the record, I have that as one of my favorite episodes that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, if you were going to ask what your favorite episode is, I'm stealing it first. So. Okay, that's fine. Um, okay, so go ahead. Cool. Well, my, my favorite season, even though I love season six probably as much as you do, Matt, I mean, it's still season two uh, because I think it really, you know, season six is great because it's sort of like The Empire Strikes Back of Buffy. 
in that they like totally they really deviate but not so much in a way where it's like unrecognizable but they just do something completely different than what they usually do and that and that they literally argue about things like star wars yeah <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> but season two is re- really stays true to the mission of the show it really is about a girl that you don't suspect to be a vampire slayer and she's like kicking demon butt um and she's also shopping and hanging out with her vampire boyfriend and she's got her her witch friend and xander is an idiot and uh you know they're just and and they're and they're fighting spike and drusilla it's just like it's just it's just good fun man i love it and it's it's funny and it's great and it makes you want to be a teenager again especially in the 90s could season two is the most 90s season of the entire series (laughs) uh right down to like the music, whatever they like, they hang out of the bronze every week, um, which is a you know a, a, a bar that would never exist in real life because it's way too cool to exist <laughs> in real life. The bronze. Do you remember JP? We wished more than anything that that place existed. Uh, yeah, like, I know. We were in high school and we're like, you know, Buffy and her friends get to go to the bronze every week. How come we don't have a bronze? <laughs> like, there's just bars. We're not. We can't go to bars. And yet, there's this great place where all everyone in high school can just go and watch music and drink non-alcoholic beverages and and eat the uh, uh, the uh, onion, the guests the, <laughs> the guests and the the onion flower that Spike always talks about. I don't know if you remember that running joke. He's obsessed with the onion blossom, the, the blooming onion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I love season two. I love um, I love what happens with Angel and Buffy. You know, they have this really deep, emotional, intense relationship. And it's like, I can't love you because I'm cursed. And she's like, we, we can't, they can't love each other because he's a vampire and she's a slayer. And Kendra, who's a slayer, is like, she, he, we have to kill him because he's a vampire. And she's like, no, he's, there's good in him. And it's so dramatic and it's so teenagery. Um, and I love what happens, you know, Buffy and Angel get together and it's like, where do you go from there? Oh, I know. Let's turn him evil. And he becomes jealous, And he becomes one of the greatest villains in the entire series. And so they go from being like... I mean, imagine if like... One of the uh, installments of, of Twilight, like Edward and, and Bella had to like kill each other. Yeah, because that <laughs> that Twilight only freaking exists because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it all culminates into a sword fight. Between Buffy and Angel, which is like epic. Which, which, let's take a moment here to address one of the glaringly obvious faults of the show, if you will. Okay. Um, how every single fight sequence in the entire show is so blatantly obvious that it stunt doubles. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm, I just, I just have to admit that. Like, I, sorry, but I have to put that out there. I, I forgot to tell you. There's a little, little tidbit, a little tidbit of trivia for you, Matt. I don't know if you know this, but did you know? That Buffy's uh, stunt double, Sophia something, I forgot her name, Sophie something, uh, she was also uh, the Pink Ranger stunt double. Huh, interesting. Not like Amy Jo Johnson's stunt double, but the girl who was in the Pink Ranger outfit. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So she, so Pink Ranger and Buffy. So. Fitting in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually one of Spike's uh, nicknames for Buffy was uh, Pink Ranger. <laughs> Not a coincidence, JP. 
you know you know that's not a coincidence yeah so and yeah so yeah season two um just just great fun man you know it's soap opery it, it kind of reminds me of x-men in a way and that it's really about uh, they really explore relationships and uh also you know battling monsters and it, let's move on um matt do you have any favorite episodes yes why don't you tell me i have three favorite episodes okay one of which we touched on mm-hmm. which i i i i am led to believe you are wanting to talk about yourself okay yeah, yeah um, probably and two that are just flat out incredible because they're hilarious okay. and i love them one is once more with feeling yes the buffy musical episode mm-hmm. it is a it is season six of course it is season <laughs> six it addresses all these huge issues we were talking about the one that season so that deserves dramatic, a musical so dramatic and so depressing and all these dark storylines that just make you think that the world can't possibly be any worse <laughs> and where do they all climax in like their message of what's how wrong everybody is in a musical jp <laughs> in a musical and i love it it's wonderful um it is amazing and other shows attempted to recapture the magic of the Buffy musical episode, one of which would be none other than Scrubs. Yeah. Having a musical episode. Um, but yes, once more with feeling. If you don't want to watch the entire Buffy show right now, you know what? You're a loser, but fine, whatever. That's great. You know what? No, you're a loser, but I'll try and pass. Yeah. But go on your little iTunes machine, um, go into your little Apple Music. And just listen to the Once More with Feeling soundtrack. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, JP. I love it. I, I still, my, my favorite number is still uh, the opening one, going through the motions where she's in the graveyard patrolling. Yes. Yes, I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm even kind of a fan of They Got the Mustard Out. Yeah. But, um, but it's just, do you think it's just us? And they open the door. And it's this guy singing about his dry cleaning. And they're like, it's not just us. <laughs> and, of course, my, my favorite, I mean, she has a billion of them, but my favorite Anya line, when Don says, I gave birth to a pterodactyl. <laughs> and Anya says, oh, my God, did it sing? <laughs> <coughs> you're making, you're ma- making my cough come back. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I'm recovering from a cold from like two and a half weeks ago, and he's bringing my cough back. Um, Oh, my goodness. Yes, Once More with Feeling. Love it. Um, The other episode that I can't possibly laugh hard enough at is Tabula Rosa. Tabula Rasa, yeah. Tabula Rasa. Sorry. Tabula Rasa. Um, Pronunciation, not my strong point. I think came came right after the musical episode, didn't it? I don't know, but I love it. I love it. (laughs) Um, all the characters lose their memory um, and can't remember who they are Uh, and it is all of them trying to discover what in the world is going on because (laughs) they are a bunch of people who just woke up in a world filled with vampires and demons (laughs) that they have to (laughs) they have to fight when none of them have any concept of who they are (laughs) Um, and Spike and Giles think that they are father and son (laughs) and (laughs) it is just and Anya has no possible understanding of why bunnies scare the crap out of her so much. And she thinks she's um, married to Giles. Yeah, and she thinks she's married to Giles. I just it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I love it. Um, and then there's Earshot. Yeah. Which is that. an incredible, dramatic, and deep and thoughtful episode. It is. About, about, um, about depression, loneliness, and school violence. Yeah. Um, which was scheduled to air and got canceled or sorry, postponed due to the Columbine shooting. Right. Um, which happened the week before it was supposed to air, I believe. Yeah. So they aired it later because it is an episode that dealt with a school shooting. Um, a possible school shooting. Yes, possible school shooting. Yeah. But that's what it, I mean, it, that's what it dealt with that topic. Yeah. And nobody could have foreseen that happening right before the episode was supposed to air. Right. So um, I understand their reason for not airing it when they did. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I believe that it is also an incredible episode that was so fitting oh, yeah. for for what the world was dealing with at that moment. And it's one of those moments that I was talking about. Like, it could totally just be, like, an after-school special. Like, lean... They, they could have just leaned into that. Like, it could have just been, like, a cheesy after-school special. But it turns right. out to be a very powerful episode. And very also, powerful. it's kind of funny. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and still had... And still had so much humor and... I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole the, so the, many rolling on the floor, yeah, the right. whole rolling on the floor laughing moments. Um, but at the end of the episode, you're just like in awe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the episode is about she's she's fighting these two demons at the beginning and uh, she kills one of them and some of their blood gets on her. And she and they find out that if you like, you can, I guess, absorb what's called the aspect of the demon or something. And this particular demon had telepathic powers. And so this enabled Buffy for like a temporary amount of time to be able to uh, read thoughts. Mm-hmm. She was psychic for a little while. Um, and, it, and it's really funny at first because she's like reading all of her friends' thoughts. And like the only thing Xander's thinking about is sex. And then <laughs> like Oz. Oz, Oz. <laughs> we haven't even really talked about Oz yet. Um, let me give you a really short introduction into Oz because he is one of my all-time favorite characters in television history, played by Seth Green. Yeah. Um, he is the rock star of the group. He is also the werewolf, but um, he's the quiet one who does not say much, mm-hmm. but when he does, it is usually the most profound moments of the show. Or really funny. Um, or the best one-line jokes yeah. ever. And then there's this episode where you get this tiny little glimpse into his head. And (laughs) it is him sitting in a corner and he is going, if I am nothing but the combination of my thoughts and I think therefore I am and Buffy can read my thoughts, do I only exist in Buffy's thoughts? And therefore, and on the outside, all he does is, hmm, (laughs) that's that's all. Hmm. (laughs) I love it. Love it. Yeah. And so where the, 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 the episode sort of gains momentum sort of goes kind of journeys into it, into its core message when she can't really handle the power that she's sort of been bestowed upon. Um, and she starts being able to read everyone's thoughts at her school and she it's hears kind of the classic, it's kind of the classic mind reading moment in a movie yeah. where they're overwhelmed by, like they they're like freaking out and screaming because they're overwhelmed by everybody. It's like everybody talking at once. Right, and so she hears a thought that's like by noon tomorrow something you'll all be dead. 
And so she actually thinks there's someone at the school that's planning to like kill everybody. And I think she, and it, they're all under the impression that, that it's a student. And, but while she has to kind of figure out who's going to plan this attack, she's also like weakening, mm-hmm. which is like a great device. And it turns out that the thought she, well, she, dis, she, she discovers Jonathan, who's sort of a recurring character, sort of like just kind of in the periphery all the time, just kind of shows up really random times. Um, he, he, she finds Jonathan in a tower at the high school, uh, assembling a gun and at the very last minute she like is able to stop him from you know she takes a gun away and stuff and she she's like delivering a speech about like loneliness and stuff and she's kind of like she's learned so much about like how lonely everybody is and how, how lonely everybody feels <clears throat> and she thinks she's trying to talk Jonathan out of like killing people but then you find out she's like oh Jonathan says like I wasn't planning to shoot up the school I was actually planning to kill myself first of all it's like oh man <laughs> like even worse, but then it's like, oh my god, who was trying to kill the school? And that just leads to actually, that actually leads to like some pretty funny parts. Watch the episode; it's actually like a great, <laughs> like you could watch it by itself. The great thing about Buffy is they came out at a time where episodes could actually stand on their own as long as you kind of like knew the premise, like X Files. Right. So, like, I, I recommend. I mean, if you want to just have, if you just want to go crazy uh, before April first, because that's when uh, Buffy is leaving Netflix. Yeah, uh, I saw that. That's very depressing, yeah. by the way. But it's still going to be on Hulu. So I, I'm I'm really hoping that's just a big April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, just, yeah, just fire up Netflix and watch Earshot. It's a great episode. And it'll probably get you into the show. Um, what else? Do you have any other ones? Um, I mean, I have lots of other ones, but those are... <laughs> I mean, I, I will say one more that, that deserves being said in my opinion, because it was a big win for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one is Hush. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because to me, see, to me, these 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 play very big things for me. The um, Tabula Rasa and Once More with Feeling are hilarious. I love them. They are great, great views into the characters and how the show plays on these relationship things. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Earshot really showed the depth of the show, in my opinion, while still having the comedy and stuff. And then Hush really showed the, again, the comedy of the show, again, the importance of relationships and dealing with all that, but also just the flat-out creepiness that Buffy could could reach at times, because that that episode is scary at moments. (laughs) Um, And I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um... Can I talk about my favorite episodes? No. I have a top Next five. Question. Oh god. Next question. Oh jeez. So my Your top, top five. My top five. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if I should call my top five because it's not in order. They're just five episodes I really love. Earshot. I put down as number one. We already talked about Earshot. Uh, number two. I'm gonna say. I said. Uh, Ted. The robot episode. Yeah. In season two. The, the robot stepfather. Yeah. Or almost stepfather, right? Well, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was the guy that Joyce was dating, Buffy's mom. Right, right, right. Uh, played by 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 uh, uh, oh gosh, what am I blanking? John John Ritter, TV legend mm-hmm. John Ritter. Yeah. So <laughs> Ted was an episode where you know Buffy's mom is single or divorced. She's a she's a single mom, so it's just her and her mom. And her mom started dating this new guy. And uh, at first, he's he's like a nice dude. He's just like a regular guy, whatever, very 
inconsequential guy. Um, but then he turns out to be like super abusive. Like he's very abusive toward toward Buffy and very controlling um, uh, behind Joyce's back, if I remember correctly. It's actually been a while since mm-hmm. I watched this episode. Um, yeah, her and, mom's clueless in it. Yeah. Um, and it's like really affecting her emotionally because she's never really been treated this way by, you know, like a, by a, what, who should be like a male role model. And um, it turns out that he's actually like an evil robot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, it's like Earshot where it kind of gets into that, like, you know, what, what, what Joss Whedon said initially was, was horror movie, high school is a horror movie and how these horrible things manifest as horror movie tropes. So it's like, it's, I mean, it really captured the idea of like, you know, someone moving in on your mom who seems nice, but turns out to be like an abusive jerk, but he just also just happens to be like a a robot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so that's a great episode and then there's um, this is where we get into a part where I sort of re- start respecting uh, Joss Whedon as like a filmmaker even though he wasn't a filmmaker at the time he was just a writer and a, and a TV producer just a writer and TV producer um, he, he was a, the executive producer of the show and a writer but I started to really recognize his skills as like an artist and um, the first one goes to uh, the episode, the season 3 episode The Zeppo which is a very funny episode that's centered around Xander. And it's the one where they really, really address the fact that he, there's nothing special about him. Mm-hmm. And it starts to take a, take, a, take a pretty big toll on him. And he starts, he kind of goes on a journey of self-discovery to find out who he is. But while that's <laughs> happening, <laughs> while that's happening, the most serious, super stark, like end of the world stuff is happening in the background yeah, in a in an odd way it's kind of like the beginning of Shaun of the dead yeah <laughs> where Shaun is just going through his everyday life and walking around but behind him you see this zombie apocalypse taking place yeah that he's completely like unaware of um that's kind of this. That's kind of an hour-long version of that, where Xander is running around doing something, and behind him the world is ending, and yeah. people are fighting to stop it. Yeah, because what happens? What happens? The Hellmouth is opening, <laughs> which we didn't. We didn't. We didn't talk about this, but the town of Sunnydale and and Buffy the Vampire Slayer is situated over what's called a Hellmouth, and that's where all the mystical convergences are happening. That's why all these monsters and demons exist here. Right, it's, that's why they fight vampires and demons when the rest of the world has no idea what's going on. Yeah, um, but there are you, you, you can open the Hellmouth, and if you open the Hellmouth, like that's basically summoning the apocalypse, <laughs> and that's what's that's how the the episode begins. The, the Hellmouth <laughs> is opening, and then and then Xander's like, I gotta go discover myself. <laughs> and there's <laughs> and there's times where he's like wandering into these scenes, these really intense scenes from like Buffy and Angel, <laughs> and he's like, sorry, I don't mean to like interrupt in this, but. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that episode. That's a good one. <laughs> but what's happening is like he 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 gets a car, and he's like, "That's this is who I am. I am the car guy. I'm Xander, the car guy." <laughs> and then he comes transporting around people. Yeah, and he starts. He said that's going to be his thing, and then he he meets this guy who's like this sort of dangerous dude, and he's like, "Can you help me like find my friends?" He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, because he's kind of like at odds with his friends at the moment, and then he uh, he finds out that this dude he picks up, his friends are actually dead, and he's turned them into zombies, 
and they're planning <laughs> to like blow up the school, which is beneath the Battle of the Hellmouth. Yeah, which has nothing to do with the world ending around it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's wonderful. It is such a good episode. It's one of my favorites. It's hilarious. Um, so there's that. And then, then um, the season four episode, uh, Restless. Um, again, you know, this is where I'm starting to really respect Joss Whedon as a filmmaker. Restless is like this really... The idea behind it is, you know, in the season four, you know, big climax... They were able to defeat Adam by summoning the fir- the powers of the first Slayer, but in this episode, Restless is sort of the consequences of that. Once they've released the first Slayer, and now the the first Slayer is like taking over their dreams, and so the our gang is hanging out, and they all fall asleep, and we just see what they're dreaming about, and it's very cryptic, and it's very uh, it's very artful, and it's it it's a it's a look inside like you start to understand like who these characters actually are, what their fears are, what their anxieties are. And it also is sort of like telling you like what's going to happen to them down the line in the series, which is like brilliant. I do not wear the cheese. The cheese wears me. (laughs) And for some reason there's a guy wandering around in each dream, like, like talking about cheese, the cheese man. The only, yeah. The only connection (laughs) to the dreams is the cheese guy, the cheese guy. And what's funny is, you know, after that episode aired, (laughs) people have like a, what? somebody asked yeah what's after the, the cheese guy after the episode eric because everyone had a billion questions about that episode to kind of decipher what was going on and they all ask him what was with the with the cheese guy and <laughs> joss Whedon was like i just think cheese is funny <laughs> no reason to the cheese guy. <laughs> so this is each person's dream this is guy this nicely dressed man holding cheese he's like the cheese is i wear the cheese the cheese like, is not wear me like the like the straightforward mundane sliced craft cheese single, <laughs> yeah. not not like fancy cheese, just the craft the like craftsy cheese singles, like individually wrapped cheese singles. <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's like this it's this really trippy episode, and then you get into like Buffy's mind, and it ends with her fighting the first Slayer, and the, the first they summon the first Slayer, and the, she's actually been killing them all in their dream. Um, so that's that's the running theme in each one of their dreams is like a the cheese man. And also the first layer. <laughs> and then last but certainly not least, um, and I, I always hear what we were talking about because I don't know if I'm spoiling it or not, but the body. Oh man. The season five episode, The Body. Should we just I, I couldn't I couldn't even I couldn't even get myself to say it was one of my favorites because it's such a It's a hard watch. Oh man, that is yeah, that is a oof. That is a rough and powerful and hard to watch episode. It is also one before we talk any more about it. It is also one that in my opinion is not a standalone episode. No, 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 not at all. Um, if you watch that one by itself, I think that you would be impressed with how well it is. It's done, mm-hmm. but you would not even begin to understand how, um, how hard that episode hits yeah. unless you know the characters I um, because that's, it's kind of like, I'll put it this way. It's kind of like watching Captain America Civil War mm-hmm. and going, oh, this is a really cool action movie where all these friends are fighting. Or having watched all of the Marvel movies yeah. and then watching Captain America Civil War and like your heart being ripped out and watching like, them Stop fight fighting. Each other. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of like that. If you watch this episode by itself, you'll be like, wow, that's, that's really sad. 
if you watch it from season one and get to that episode and you do not cry, you have no heart. <laughs> yeah, and if you ever had any doubts about Sarah Michelle Gellar as an actress, oof. yeah, that that one shows it for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Let's let's just spoil it. Um. Because you got to earn it and watch it from the beginning anyway. <laughs> but um, it is the one. It is an episode that deals with. It deals with loss. Yeah. But for the character of Buffy, it also deals with the fact that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you fight, no matter how much you stand for what is right and overcome everything, there are certain things in life that you cannot control right. that will hurt, that will rip your world apart, and all you can do is move on and deal with it. And you can never fix it. You can never make it better. You can never go back and change it. You can only accept it and move forward. And how they deal with that, JP, is? Um, Buffy's mother passes away from a a brain aneurysm. Yeah, and it, it comes out of nowhere. Like, there, there's, She's sort of struggling with it throughout the season. Yeah, like you, you know, she's she's sick and she's struggling with some yeah. things, but it really the episode really happens in a moment where things are kind of looking up mm-hmm. and things are going well, and Buffy, I believe she comes home. Yeah, it's it's home. it's it's a, it happens at the end of an episode where they're fighting when you know one of Glory's minions. Yeah, one of them. She comes home and she discovers her her mom is, is is dead. Yeah, she goes to talk to her mom who's laying on the couch and she realizes that her mom is dead. Um, and man, that episode is rough. And it's, it's a it's rough. It's almost kind of meta because you have all these characters dealing with it. You know, in the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, characters have died leading up to that. You got characters that they, that, that you care about and the characters care about having, you know, getting killed by demons and stuff. And it happens a lot in Buffy. People die. Um, but mm-hmm. someone close to them who dies from, like, a natural cause, it's, like, a shock to them. It's, like, they well, don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, because to them, to them, I think it's the first real death that they think, they they at first believe is nothing more than senseless, yeah, pointless. Um, <clears throat> all their friends, all the death that they've experienced has been like this battle for the greater good. Right. And then she loses her mom for what they see as like no reason. Like why? When it's kind of like the, it's the Buffy view of when you're doing everything right and something horrible happens. Right. Going, why? Why did it happen to us? And what in the world? Like what's the point to everything we're doing if this is all that's going to happen? Um, and, you know, and I put it on my list because, you know, I said these episodes where I started to respect Joss Whedon as a filmmaker, the episode itself is nothing like any of the other episodes, the way it's nah. the, the way they handle it. Uh, it's extremely like cinematic. There are very, 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 very long takes. Uh, yeah, I even, static I shots. even for some I even for some weird reason have this like image of like a curtain blowing in the wind that yeah. constantly comes to mind. Um, it's just stuff like that. That's not in any of the other ones. Yeah. It's like, there's no music throughout the entire episode. Mm -hmm. Um, there are parts where like Buffy just kind of stares at something. You just like, look at that thing. And like the phone starts ringing and there's nothing. And it's like the ringing, ringing, ringing. 
um, the 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 part that's always been hard for me to watch, even to this day, from like when I first watched it to like now, is when he when when Buffy has to tell uh, his, her sister Dawn, mm-hmm. and when she tells her at school, and when she tells her, you, it's behind a pane of glass, and so you can't really hear what she's saying, and it's just like the static shot on Buffy talking to Dawn, and Dawn like slowly breaking down. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and like you, then they cut back to like the students who are, who are like watching the whole thing unfold and it's like it's really powerful yeah but the moment yeah i agree that's like one of the most powerful shots in the whole thing yeah. in the whole series but then the moment that I, i'll admit it i'm gonna say it right now the moment that literally made my eyes water um is anya right this is a character this is one of those things i'm talking about that like if you don't watch it from the beginning, this moment does not have the pack, the impact to it. Um, because Anya is this character that basically is like the comic relief of the show. Um, she's the, she's this, she used to be a vengeance demon, um, who becomes human and falls in love with Xander and is trying to figure out this world of humanity. Um, and then, but she's like an, basically she's an idiot. She's curious to to put it nicely. Yeah. She's like, it's kind of like Meet Joe Black, like (laughs) just kind of like he's a doofus when he tastes peanut butter kind of a thing. Um, But then there's this episode and she's just acting like her typical clueless doofus self. And she's saying stuff that is just like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) shut up. And somebody somebody like basically tells her like what's wrong with you or something. And she breaks down. Right. And start saying, I don't understand. I don't know how, what I'm supposed to do here. It's like she was here and she's gone now and she loses it completely. Yeah. And that moment is like, man, that, that will rip you apart if you're if you really get into this into that show. Right. Um, you know, and then Xander punching the wall is the comic <laughs> relief moment. And cracks down. <laughs> and His stuck. hand gets stuck in the wall. <laughs> right. Um, and of course, Willow breaking down is always heartbreaking because like Willow is the one character you don't ever want to see hurt throughout the entire series. No, she's, she's the one you just want to hug. You just want to hold her. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, it's okay. Except for when she's evil, but we already talked right. about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, and I don't think, you know, Buffy has a lot of imitators and some are good. Some really suck. Um, and some are sort of imitators like in spirit. Like there's been a lot of great shows, but I don't think there's been a show that's like Buffy or set out to accomplish the things Buffy did that has an episode or even a moment that begins to mirror like what happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has, I mean, game of Thrones maybe, but that's to, kind of to be expected, but like charmed doesn't have an episode like this. Yeah. But, but no, like, you see game of Thrones, but even game of Thrones, that's actually a great to me, JP, that's a great thing to bring up. To show how incredible Buffy is. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones is a show that like every episode is that moment. <laughs> yeah. So it's powerful and it's intense and it's like it'll shake you. But it's what the show is. Right. Buffy is a show about a teenager killing vampires and demons that is able to pull off a moment out of nowhere that will turn your world upside down more than Game of Thrones. Right. Like that to me shows it to me is what shows the the incredible depth that Buffy's able to reach and right. in, in completely unexpected moments. Like to think that a show about 
vampires, werewolves, demons, witches, goofy, nerdy teenagers, Star Wars jokes and one line comments could reach that sort of that sort of moment. Yeah, it, it's incredible. Um, yeah. Oh, and and just to completely random side note, but her her sister, Don, who you brought up, played by Michelle Trachtenberg, incredible character, too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and the way they pulled that off in the show. Oh, come, <laughs> on, come on. Come on. Yeah. They did a good so, job. Yeah. So I'm going to sidetrack our thing here, JP, because we're running out of time. So I got to yeah. get off the body episode or we're going to go six hours long. <laughs> um, the Dracula episode I talked about earlier um, ends with Buffy coming home after defeating Dracula, sort of, because he's coming back, and it's kind of a joke in the show. He's coming back in. She's like, I'm standing right here. Um, <laughs> she comes home, and she's talking to her mom, walking through the house, and she walks into her room, and this girl is standing there out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and this is season five. five. So we're five seasons into the show, and there's this girl standing there, and it ends with her saying something and her mom being like, Buffy, help your sister or something like that. Or, and both of them turn and go, mom. <laughs> and it ends with what the crap? She has a sister. We're five, <laughs> we're five seasons in. And all of a sudden we're supposed to believe she has a sister that she's never talked about. Like, Oh, we never. T-. And let's be honest in the nineties, that's what shows did. Yeah. Oh, like surprise sister that was here the whole time, but we didn't know it for seven seasons <laughs> for five seasons in. So we get a whole episode of who the crap is this girl that everybody's acting like has been around for five seasons Yeah. and you've never known it. And yet you find out later that she never actually existed and was created and implanted into their world by yeah. magic to protect. Like, it's a Buffy thing. Come on. <laughs> Only Buffy could pull that off. Only Buffy. And introduce And introduce a character that, in my opinion, turns out to be an incredible addition to the show. Yeah. I love Michelle Trachtenberg and Buffy. I love it. It's, it's really great. Good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But you watch that episode and you're ticked off because how the heck does she have a sister we never knew about? <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much more <laughs> we could talk about. <laughs> we could do this all day. Um, I wish we could talk more about season seven because that's sort of a controversial season for some people because it's the last one. Mm-hmm. And kind of. If you don't want to talk about the pathetically horrible comic book season eight. Oh, God. They died right. comic it's not, it's not on TV. It was a series of comic books. It's awful. Um, but I think that's all the time we have, Matt. This is, is <laughs> That's all the time we have to talk about Buffy. Man, did you have any other questions, though? Um, like rapid fire? What were your other questions? I, I know I, you had more. I did have other questions, but we've actually we've answered them throughout the episode. I was going to ask you, like, who's your favorite supporting character and who's your favorite female supporting character? Um, uh, well, I think it's kind of obvious. <laughs> Is it obvious? A little bit. We've talked about all of our favorite characters. My absolute <laughs> favorite supporting, my favorite character, period. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I like her more than Buffy. My my favorite character is Willow. Yeah. yeah love, we, her. love her. I mean, I we've, love, we've, love we've established her. that. <laughs> love it. Love it. What else? Um, what was the other one? What do you got? Let's make sure before we sign off. The favorite female supporting character, yeah, Willow, I guess. <laughs> it's just Willow. Just Willow's Willow. just favorite everything. I... I'm going to just tell you the only thing to me that would ever be greater than Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a series about Willow. That would be awesome. I'd be down. For I it. wanted I've always wanted a series about Willow and Giles. Yeah. 
Oh, wanted cool. Giles helping Willow through the world of magic and stuff, and it's just always been great. Yeah. And Allison Hannigan. Um, okay, all right. Some rapid fire questions. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just throw them out there. Who, who's your favorite villain? Is it Willow too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it is because I covered that, but I won't use that. Um, I won't use favorite villain and and jealous. And jealous, yeah. Yeah, favorite villain and jealous. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna was... say it. Although honestly, Willow. Yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> It could really be the answer to all of them. Um, let's see. You have a favorite uh, favorite sort of one-off monster, demon character. Uh, the fear demon from the Halloween episode. Oh, where they're in the haunted yeah. house. Yes, they're in the haunted house and everything's trying to kill him. Who's a little fear demon? Yeah, and he comes. <laughs> He comes rising up out of the floor, and it's this huge scene. And the camera backs away, and he's like a foot tall. (laughs) I love love that Xander's like, who's a little fear demon? (laughs) Don't taunt the fear demon. (laughs) Jaws is like, please don't taunt the fear demon. And he's like, why? Can it hurt me? He's like, no, it's just tacky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the fear demon. Oh, that's funny. Um, I don't know. Do you have like a favorite quote? Like a favorite? yeah. <laughs> okay. No, come on. That is the classic that is the greatest Buffy moment to use a phrase that was so common during the day mm-hmm. and nowadays is such an obvious joke. Yeah. I mean nowadays it's obvious, but when Buffy said it, uh, it was incredible. Yeah. When she's face to face with a vampire and he's making fun of her and her response is bite me. Nice. It was it was amazing. I laughed so hard the first time. Now, because vampires are common, and it's like the yeah. vampires were the cool thing for so long. I think now there was even like a movie called joke. Bite Me about yeah. vampires. Now, yeah, it seems like an obvious joke now, but when she did it back then, it was incredible. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Buffy outfit? You know, she's known for her outfits. Yeah, the the red pants, black shirt. Oh, and, uh, yeah, it's season three. Yeah, yeah and you, um, I'm not going to lie. I sent a picture to JP and went, oh, my gosh. And that was like my, my response because my wife came out one night and was she's going out to an event with a bunch of women. She's like, what about this outfit? And she was wearing the red pants black shirt <laughs> without wasn't even fair. knowing it. Wasn't fair. Without even knowing it. And I sent a picture to JP. He got mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Next. Um, I don't know. You have a fewer fight. Uh, again, Angelus, the sword fight. That's good. I'm, I, that's, although, although Faith and Buffy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's that's, that's such a, a cool fight. Yeah, that's a great fight too. Yeah. Um, all of which horribly obvious that it's not any of the main actresses and actors. But <laughs> but again, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Is that it? No. Um, anything else? No. I mean, that's all. I can't really think of anymore. See, the rapid the rapid fire was going pretty good. JP, we're yeah, on a roll. Is. I think I'm out though. I think I'm out. I don't have any, no. I don't have any more questions. No more questions, Your Honor. Well, we haven't quite hit two hours yet. So I, I know. I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of so many moments just kind of going through my head, like why I love Buffy, and uh, you know, one moment, jo- Joss Whedon talks about the moment that he fell in love with Buffy, mm-hmm. and it was in season two, when <laughs> when they're fighting, and, and Angel is already turned to Angelus, and they've summoned uh, the Judge which is a blue demon who can like suck the life force out of people. And so Angelus and Drusilla 
Angelus and Drusilla take the judge to a mall, which is like this is leading to my other favorite quote. Go ahead. <laughs> to to the mall, which is like the most nineties. <laughs> it does not look like a mall at all. <laughs> but <laughs> they they go to a mall, and the judge starts like sucking life force out of everybody, and then you see like an arrow shoot through the air and hit the judge. Now the thing about the judge is you can't kill him. No weapon forged could kill me. No weapon forged can kill the judge. And so she, he has his arrow stuck in him, and he, and he looks up. Him and, and Jealous and Drusilla look up, and Buffy is standing on, you know, one of the, uh, like, on the makeup counter holding a crossbow. And he's, like, I, he's like, I think it got his attention. And he's like, oh, you know, this is, this is dumb. You, you know the saying, nothing forged by, no weapon forged by man can kill me. And she says, that was then, this is now. And she pulls out her freaking bazooka. Yep. Mm-hmm. And hoists it, hoist it on her shoulder, points it at him, turns it on, flips it on, whatever. And then the judge goes, what's that do? <laughs> <laughs> and he blows up. <laughs> and she blows him up with a bazooka. And the Josh, judge, played by the same actor who played the vampire in the first episode. Yeah, great character actor. I think he's in Mark Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Terminator. He's in Cobra. He's in a bunch of great action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joss Whedon always says, that's the moment I fell in love with her. <laughs> it's definitely one of the best moments in the entire series. Oh, and there's so much. See, there's so much I could. You could talk about how they got the bazooka because Xander and his military experience. Yeah. Because of the Halloween episode, like there's it goes back to so much more. <laughs> but go ahead, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. And there's that great moment in in the same season in becoming part two where they're having the sword fight, and 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 Jealous is sort of overpowered Buffy, and he's and he he tells her, you know. You don't have your friends. You don't have this. You don't have that. You take all that away and what's left. And she tells him, me. And it's great because it's a callback to when, you know, people are, she, you're kind of discovering that, like, it, it's going to just come down to her. Mm-hmm. And that's what you were saying, Matt. It's, it's, you know, part of the themes of the show is that, like, you had to be comfortable with just being, like, mm-hmm. not necessarily alone, but, like, just being. Yeah. Realizing that you are complete in and of yourself right exactly it's not that she's alone she's complete by mm-hmm. herself and and that's like the whole and, and that's what's great that's that's how it how the series ends because angel comes back and he's kind of like you want to get back together and she's like no i don't want to date anybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no i'm good yeah she does this, this speech which like i i like not a whole lot of people like it but she's like i'm like cookie dough i'm not done yet so yeah i don't know that's all i got man so you got anything else you want to say before we end this Oh, there's so much more I want to say, JP. <laughs> so, so, so much more. I mean, we haven't talked about like, like, what is it? Half fish people swim teams, and oh. <laughs> also, I mean, there's so many things to get it. Hyena people. Um, oh, it's such Gl- a great. Maybe we didn't show. talk about glory. Glory at all? Not even a little bit. But the, I mean, we said first, her name because the, the I messed evil. up my season. Yeah. But. <laughs> But yeah, it's oh, it's such a great show. Giles, yeah. we didn't even begin to do his character oh, justice. Um, Giles is one of the greatest characters in TV history. He just is. He's a great um, mentor. Yeah, he's he's great. And how much this show has been ripped off and copied and influenced our culture in ways we don't even begin to know. Yeah. Um, I think I I think it, it's like. Uh, when the Matrix came out and Bullet Time showed up in every movie after that, right? Um, Buffy is still doing that to our to 
for our culture. We don't even know. Disney, JP. Disney has a new show um, called, uh, what's the name of the show? I think it's Annie Mac. Mm-hmm. It has this new show in it. And there's a scene where the main character comes home and her big sister shows up and she's like surprising her that she's home for her 13th birthday. And she runs up to hug her sister and her friends are behind her and her sister's like, um, oh, is this so-and-so? And her friends are like, you don't even remember who we are. And she goes to the boy, oh, yeah, you're Cyrus. And she's like, and you're, she's like, Buffy, you're growing up to be like the Buffy. And the girl's like, I am the Buffy. I'm the real Buffy. I don't enjoy being referred to as a fictional character from a show from last century. Um, and she's like, although I started watching it and it's really good. Um, but it's still JP, it is still a show referenced, talked about and influencing our culture, Mm -hmm. whether people listening to us right now have any clue or not that it's influencing our culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think there like could Twilight? ever be a, yeah. Do you think there ever, there could ever be a Katniss Everdeen without Buffy? No, I don't because I believe that the, the message that, that he set out to express with Buffy with the female lead character who is the one changing everything and, and steering and saving the world um, has carried through stories like the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, I think that if you watch Buffy and then you watch the Hunger Games, you will see Buffy's influence in culture. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely a show that has impacted more than people begin to realize. There definitely would not be a Twilight. There just wouldn't be the whole vampire human love story concept. Um, although it was around, I'm not going to claim Buffy was the first ever touch on this idea right. of a brooding vampire dealing with it. It was the show that popularized it. Right. Um, the vampire craze that our world went through for a long time, where everywhere you turned was a freaking vampire, started <laughs> with Buffy. Yep. Well, um, yeah, I'm afraid that's all the time we have. Uh, but before we go, I'd like to end it on a, um, a quote from Joss Whedon who was interviewed recently by The Hollywood Reporter uh, on the 20th anniversary of the show. Um, If you don't mind, Matt, I'd like to close out our show with this quote. Go ahead. Let's do it. So they asked Joss Whedon, uh, looking at Buffy's legacy, is it the same as what you thought it would be when you were making the show? And Joss Whedon responded with, for a long time, people were like, aren't you so excited? There's shows like Charmed and The Vampire Diaries. That's not the legacy. It's great that there are those shows, but that's not what we were hoping for. What we were hoping for was a show that made people feel stronger, something that made people understand the idea of female leadership and internalize it as normal. That's something that people have spoken to me about more than anything in the last few years. At the time, having a female-led action show was not the norm, and having a genre show that was lit like a drama, it's not a small thing. We really set out to make the first science fiction show on television that looked beautiful and not just spooky or campy. I wanted people to take teenagers seriously. There was a certain disregard for what people go through in that time. Speaking to that particular well of pain was important to me. And to make a feminist show that didn't make people feel like they were being lectured to. There were shows that came before. I don't want to be a drop of water pretending I'm the whole wave, but there were... But where that wave crashes, that's our beachhead. Empowering women and young people and making everybody matter. Matt, 
thank you so much for for uh, 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 lending your thoughts on this subject. Oh, you are so welcome. Although we should do it about seven more times to even begin <laughs> to talk about it. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for listening. Uh, join us next week. Have a wonderful week and good journey. And if the apocalypse happens, beat me. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>